Welcome, everybody. It is another second episode of Warring to Attitude. I am your host, Brent Files, and along for the ride into the year of 1997 is my co-host from another time, so much of another time that we were confused at what time we were going to record this podcast. <laughs> Glenn Abbott, Glenn, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, we're an hour earlier than we should be. This is fucking... As, as people in the UK would say, that goddamn bloody time change is doing it to us. Ah, oh, it's ridiculous. I'm glad you're finishing with it. Wish we would. Yeah, well, in a lot of ways, you guys are smarter than us. Like, no, you were we're discussing, not. <laughs> you were discussing like vacation days. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> the employment law is marginally better. And this so is I, like, I think all of us Amer- Americans are like dumb to this, but do you guys get like a holiday like once a year? Are you obligated to have one? Um, you have set so many days, okay, per year, and you are obligated to take them, or would you lose them? So you couldn't be like the fucking mayor where you just don't use any of your vacation uh-uh. days ever. They literally like no. get your ass out of here. Yeah, um, my mate had that. They they did. The company that he worked for, uh, a well-known washing machine company, you know, I'm not going to plug. Yeah. Um, but they that had revolving uh, vacations, so it just built up and built up and so built you, up. A rollover, basically. Yeah, rollover. That's it. And um, basically, they said to him, "Take some time off. <laughs> Get out of here. Go." Like <laughs> nothing against the mayor and you i mean i admire the hell out of the work that the mayor has and i mm. wish i had something like that but also at the same time i think you're fucking crazy i think you're fucking <laughs> nuts. you're crazy something wrong with you inside your brain you're fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking nuts but then again which one of the three of us has got the money well exactly but also like if i think like i told him if i had to work 60 hours a week and maybe he enjoys his job a lot more than i enjoy mine but if i had to work 60 mm. hours a week i'd blow my brains out <laughs> <laughs> i'm quite happy with my 20. well you work in retail too so i can imagine i worked for many years in the restaurant industry and it mm. made me want to put my head through the wall every single goddamn day of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i had to go at that never again that's like if you ever watch those cooking shows uh, about like restaurants or whatever. That's mm. why all the chefs are fucking nuts because you literally yeah. have to have some sort of crazy gene inside your body <laughs> to get into the food industry. You have to have a screw fucking loose. You really do. Like I'm I not do, even kidding I do think it's easy, but when you're on a time, you, you imagine cooking for two hundred people and it's all got to be done in half an hour. Right, and you've got twelve different kinds of things that you have to make at once, yeah. and you're trying to, like it's all it's a scatterbrain. Like nobody has an organized plan of how they cook. It's all just no. scatterbrain. <laughs> That's all. And it always, um, I I worked in a pub kitchen, and they tried to and they tried to organize it. It never worked. No, <laughs> it never ever worked. The organization uh, works for about 30 minutes until you've hmm. got 20 tickets and then organization goes out the window. <laughs> when I worked for my father, I, worked, I, I was trained by a top chef for, do, for doing steaks and things. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their list of what was a good steak and what wasn't and the times that you had to do them. And basically, I just put threw the book in the bin. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I couldn't imagine <laughs> trying to cook something and having to look and, at how many minutes. I'm going to cook it until it looks like it's done. <laughs> and, and the bar manager came up at the end of the shift and said, you know what? We didn't have one complaint about the steaks today. I said, I'm not surprised. Well, there we go. <laughs> that's because I threw that fucking book out. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Glenn, we're not here to discuss our boring work lives. We're here to discuss a boring episode of Monday Night Raw <laughs> from 1993. It was this January. Is... I'm sorry, 1997. I've got Mayor of the Superstars on my mind. It is not 1993. It's 1993. Yeah, please take us back to 1993. They're a lot more interesting than this was. Probably. Yeah, it probably was a lot more interesting than this was. <laughs> uh, we're back at the Knickerbocker Arena. It's January 13th of 1997. This was taped on the 30th of December, 1996. So the craziest thing about these is like, these are the go home mm. shows to the Royal Rumble and they weren't even recorded in the same <laughs> fucking year. No. <laughs> and it shows. Yeah, it really did, it did show. But last week's episode was, uh, for better or worse, a pretty goddamn good episode. Yeah. Especially if you piece it up next to this piece of crap we watched this week. It mm. was really, really good. Um, <laughs> So let's get into this thing. Uh, Talking about yeah, we can start with um, actually with superstars. They did that looks a clip from superstars. Yep. Yeah, because that looks a lot more interesting than what we got today with Stone Cold attacking Bret Hart and putting his leg in a chair and slamming it down. Doing the old Brian Pillman thing. I think that was the yeah. first time I ever saw that was when he when Stone Cold did it to Brian Pillman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and they showed a little bit of a recap of what you know what Sid did to Pete Lotharia last week, power bombing yeah. the table, and then they show which was this was really weird. This is what the really weird part about the opening was. They show Shawn Michaels at a bar called Park Place. No, not the yeah. Park Place you buy in Monopoly, a different no. Park Place. Apparently, <laughs> he's signing a T-shirt for what seems like an eternity. He is having a very hard time signing this T-shirt. And Glenn, did you see who he's signing the T-shirt for? No, I didn't actually notice. I was too busy watching children of all ages. He was signing that fucking shirt for the road dog, Jesse James. <laughs> I was too busy watching a couple of rats behind him, touching him up. And they keep looking around. And that was happening too. And they're going to go back to Sean <laughs> periodically through this. Yeah. There's a lot of weird touching going on behind yeah. him with some of the ladies at that bar. But I just thought that was so strange. First of all, you got Shawn Michaels signing an, a shirt for what seems like an attorney, mm. and then you yeah. look and go, well, that's oh. fucking the rogue dog. He's signing that shirt. <laughs> Not a plant, of course. No, couldn't have been. A, definitely a fan. Uh, yeah. Like, we're going to send you to a bar and drink. Who likes to drink? He likes to drink. Take him with you. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, of course. Road Dog's sober, you know. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him, but he used to like to drink, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and the, then, Glenn, we got just the match that all the fans had been clamoring and waiting for. It was Triple H, or I'm sorry, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, not yet Triple H. Yeah, you can't go, you can't lay this on Triple H. No, no, <laughs> we'll, we won't do that to him. And he's teaming with Jerry the King Lawler, and they're going to take on the probable tag team of Gold Dust versus. Gold Dust and Mark Merrill. So, <laughs> who thought of these four as a tag team? I, Glenn, I, I felt like I was stuck in a bad battle bull paper. You didn't you? Yeah. I felt like did these names get drawn out of a hat. <laughs> Seemed like it. They legitimately <laughs> just draw these names out of a hat and said, "Well, stick them in a few together." I guess the the best thing 
about this whole shambles was the fact that we get to see Marlena and Sable. Yeah, that was really the only good thing about this entire situation. All right, well, this thing all the started, king. this feud all started when Triple H tried to steal Goldust's wife because apparently mm. Triple H was a woman stealer back in the day. Um, yeah. And I remember a gimmick before this where, because remember, Triple H used to always bring, you know, whatever, mm. a different valet to the ring every night. And that's how we got Sable. And yeah. then he, it was, this was in 1996, and it's like when Ro Mr. Perfect was slowly getting ready to return back to the ring, but then he never did because he left WWE and went to WCW. <laughs> um, he would come out and steal Triple H's valet. He would come out and grab them and take them. So I guess yeah. in WWE, <laughs> we're just stealing women. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Um, kudos to the King, though. Uh, the one highlight of this whole thing was... As Mark Merrow came out and all the pyro went off, the king <laughs> reacted like he got a spark in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. And the, pro, the pyro in 1996 was uh, 97 was very strange. I don't know what mm. that was like a bad Fourth of July thing they had going on for the wild man. It actually looked dangerous. It did. There was sparks it? going everywhere. Right in the ring, like they would—I don't think they would ever allow, like, 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 something sit like that to shoot up in the air like that, or you know, that close to the ring. But that's what they did all the time back then with the yeah. ring. This was like, what in the fuck is going on? Uh, Goldust wasted no time getting to the ring trying to get at his opponent, Triple A. I mean, under something. Which that's all this match was was Goldust yeah. trying to get at Triple H every time he would run in the ring, trying to go up to Triple H, and that's all this was. Exactly. Um. I, my my first note was it starts off hot and goes downhill quickly. Yeah, there was like... It started off with a brawl. Yeah, there was then, about... It, they, they were like really pushing the Royal Rumble. Like, oh, this is the, the Royal Rumble's like every man yeah. for himself, even though this was a tag team match. It made that yeah. even more ridiculous. Don't the you think... it good on this match for me was they did a good job of plugging the Royal Rumble. <laughs> During yeah. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. Don't you don't you think it would have been better if it had been like a, a three minute match, where yeah. they, they they came out, they did the intros. The first time Goldust goes anywhere near getting into the ring, Hunter Hearst owns the bowels and leaves the King to get squashed by Marrow and Goldust. Right, and then Triple H sneaks in afterwards through the crowd or back out or something. Yeah, and kind of beats Goldust up after. That's how you do That's this it. thing. Yeah. Or, it didn't or like need. You talked about you stick this in the middle. This should not have opened the show. It should no. have not went ten minutes. It should have went like two minutes. This was way overdone. It actually uh, went fifteen minutes, so it's fourteen minutes too long. Yeah, that was fifteen minutes. It was fifteen minutes of our lives we will not get back. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Glenn, we'll never get that time back. <laughs> We're never gonna get it back. <laughs> Me and you talk about usually we watch these twice. Usually watch them once just to kind of just take it in. And yeah, so that's an that's a half an hour we've wasted of our time. No, this time, thank God, I took notes straight out because I did not. Ah. Like I told you, I never ever in my life want to see this match again. And we <laughs> yeah. are doing all of you that listen or watch this a service by making you never have to, have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> we have done you a service. <laughs> it finally ends in a DQ. When Goldust gets uh, Triple H caught in the ropes and he starts choking him, Lala yeah. tries to pull him off. He gets punched for his uh, for his help. The Wild Man, his own partner, tries to pull him off. Goldust punches him a couple times for his help, and then and he hits a referee. Mark Merrow, 
gets punched in the face twice by Goldust and does absolutely nothing about it. Hmm. Nothing. He didn't do Gold, anything. Golden Globe champion. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. The wild man, the Golden Globe champion, does nothing when he gets punched in the face. Yeah, he just looked at Goldust sternly. <laughs> Call me crazy, Glenn. We're friends, but if you punch me in the face, I'm going to have a different reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm ducking. Yeah, first of all, it would probably be confusion. Then it would be yeah. followed by anger. As well. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, they show Michael's at Park Place again, um, and then they cut to a promo from the one and only <laughs> Psycho Sid. And Glenn, if it's a Psycho Sid promo, there's no way we're not going to be able to listen to it. So we're mm. going to have a look and listen. Oh, thank you, because I've got all my notes on it here, but yeah. We'll listen to oh, it. my psycho Sid promo. So here's a here's a little bit of what is considered always comedy gold that you can get yeah. psycho Sid. But as the battle progresses and at the right moment, I reach out, Sean, and I have you by your throat. The look that you will give me will be obvious. For over here, at ringside will be your mother. And she will know that look too. And then all the way over here will be Jose. He will know that look too. But this time, he won't get on the apron because he knows better. And then someone told me that this section over here was going to be nothing but your friends from your own town, John Michaels. But they will see. And Jose, you are going to summon all the Mexicans from Mexico. And all above here, all above here, they will be 70,000 of them. And even at the highest seat in the roof. I know that look. And that look. It says it all. It says, Sid, you are the man. You are the master. <laughs> Absolute gold. He said he said that was the Ontario was gonna get all of the Mexican all of them. Yeah. And they were gonna be sitting in the, in the Alamo Dome on the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my be, god. It, was, <laughs> it would be like the bloody Alamo, wouldn't it? I guess all so. the Mexicans they would be a much bigger arena if they were gonna fit all the Mexicans, Mexicans. in Mexico. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh um, my god. <laughs> I know I put earlier today where it's oh, clearly three weeks in the future. Right. Because <laughs> unless they uh, Unless they flew him in December to the Alamo Dome just to record that, then that was done on the day and spliced into the recording. Sid really got down there early. He went down there on Monday so he could, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's something that they're going to show later in this segment that's totally going to show that this being on the day that they're saying it's on is complete total bullshit. Um so Shawn Michaels is again live at Park Place. They, they mm -hmm. show what happened between Sid and Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series with Sid 
hitting the camera against Jose Lothario, who didn't have all the Mexicans in Mexico yeah. to defend him that night, I guess. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Since uh, promos are just pure comedy gold, no stand-up yeah. comedian could ever do what Psycho Sid does with the microphone. No. Uh, John Michaels uses the old, I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat thing. I think I've heard that three times, and we've only watched two episodes. And then he also made a joke about his penis. So. I, know, I know what he said, though. He said, gonna kick Sid's teeth down his throat and he'd be looking at the next morning for his in his stool sample. Oh, I guess I must have missed that part. That is pretty good. <laughs> he also called Sid Stalin, which I thought was funny because Sid keeps yeah. calling himself the master and the ruler of the world. Yeah. <laughs> did you feel like this was a heel promo from Shawn Michaels? Because I like... It did sound it. Yeah, it did when I it. watched that, it's like if I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this guy because he seems like a fucking dick face. <laughs> that was Shawn Michaels. He was, it was all when the minute he kicked Marty Janetti through the window, he was always a tweener. He was never a pure baby face. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then, I mean, he really starts leaning into the more of the heel stuff, mm. super heavy in 1997. So I think we start yeah. to get, I think he starts to be more of the asshole he was behind the scenes. On, yeah, <laughs> on the and I, I, I mean, I and I say that because we all know what Shawn Michaels was like when he was younger. He's obviously a totally different person now, but everyone knows he was a. Shawn but yeah, that, that's self-admitted, so he's not right. even we're saying anything like that he could sue us for. They have a WWE Untold. I don't know if you've ever watched any of those. They have it on the network, and mm. they have one where it's talking about him and Diesel, and uh, they have the guy ask him. So there was rumors that you were a handful backstage back in the day, and he says. I think at this point to say that we would call those rumors is ridiculous. Just, yeah. <laughs> we then go back to the arena where Bret Hart is going to come down to the ring to do some commentary. Uh, he's got a little bit of a limp from what limps, happened. yeah, limps to the ringside. Even though that episode of Superstars was probably recorded six months before. <laughs> but it's a good way to keep the storyline going, if you know what I mean. Um, the British Bureau mate. The British Bulldog yeah. David Boy Smith took on a Rocky Maivia character. I've never heard of this guy. You know this Rocky Maivia guy? Well, the uh, honky tonk man seems to think he has, he's got a future in the business. So who are we to uh, argue with the honky tonk man? I mean, he is here to find the greatest of all time, right? He is. He is. Speaking of the honky tonk man, how about that jacket that he's been wearing? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something, isn't it? It certainly is. And uh, no, I haven't got one of those in my I'll, wardrobe. <laughs> you knew I was going to ask it to you. You knew I was going to ask. Uh, we also got more footage from the second ever episode of Shotgun Saturday where we saw some sort of weird love triangle thing going on between Sable, The Rock, The Honky Tonk Man, and The Wild Man, Mark Merrill. It was very yeah. weird. It was very weird. Because I, who, I so The Wild Man was facing somebody. I think it was fake Diesel, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Reason, he was mad at Sable, but they never mm. really disclosed why he was <laughs> mad at Sable. <clears throat> and then the honky-tonk man comes out of nowhere to be some sort of, mm. I don't know, maybe he was going to steal Sable, because that's what we do in the WWF nowadays. Yeah. We steal people's <laughs> ballets. And then The Rock, I mean, the, <laughs> the Rock comes out of nowhere. I'm sorry, Rocky Maivia comes out of nowhere. <laughs> to rescue her. <laughs> I was... Pure white old farce. So All it needed was some doors just opening and closing the different people coming in and out. <laughs> yeah. What did you say that was again? Uh, it's a it's a thing over here that um, 
there was the Whitehall Theatre, and it was renowned for what they called farces. Oh, okay. Where it was a basically a comedy play, and you'd have people um, getting into all sorts of weird and uh, compromising situations, and it would normally always lead to the leading man losing his trousers <laughs> and and having uh, some really outrageous underpants on. Well, the only thing that this was missing was somebody to come out there with some unra- outrageous underpants on. That's mm. the only thing this thing was missing. So, um, <laughs> my biggest takeaway from this match is the crowd does not give one single solitary fuck about Rocky no. Maivia. They do not care. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a soul gave a shit. <laughs> so you could say he did progress because they went from not caring to really hating. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, I mean, I think there was one point during this where I think they piped in a Rocky chant, um, <laughs> because it probably didn't come from the crowd. <laughs> no. Uh, Owen Hart. This <laughs> match moved really, really slowly. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of headlocks. Yeah. And the thing Owen. is, is that at this time, the Bulldog. And Owen are supposed to be heels, but neither of them did anything really heelish. <clears throat> no, not at all. And it wasn't working because they they weren't going to get any heat on Rocky because the crowd didn't no. care. No. <laughs> and in fairness, I mean, it's a toss-up between if this the match best... was the best one and the last match, but to say any match was the best match on this show is not really saying any fucking thing. Because... No. Uh, you, could, you could say there were hints of The Rock in hindsight, you wouldn't have noticed it at the time, but in hindsight, you can see there are hints of the rock. Um, me personally, as a friend, it is nice watching Davey at this time and knowing that he was clean and sober. And you could, and you could, you could see that from the way he is. Yeah, he's not quite as defined, but he's got his British, he's got his British uh, weight trainer over, and um, he's got his old British team. To help keep him clean and sober. So at this at this point, yeah, things are looking good for him. And maybe this was around the time where they were maybe a little bit more stringent with the drug testing. I know during the nineties yeah. they got a little more stringent. I know toward mm. the attitude area getting a little bigger. I know they probably trailed off from that stringentness. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they must have done. Yeah. Some of the storylines, they must have been smoking something out the back as well. Well, I know Bruce Pritchard's <laughs> been smoking that shit for a long time, but <laughs> sometimes you come up with your best ideas when you're high. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Owen Hart made his way out to the ring just to make sure that Bret Hart didn't interfere. He just sat there and stared oh. at him the whole time, which is weird. Especially when the fact that you know that Steve Austin on the loose has got a thing against all the hearts and everybody else, basically, at this time. Why would you be looking at his brother rather than keeping an eye out for what actually happened? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm not real clear on what first happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the British Bulldog to make them like fighting, like mad at each other. But they did show a clip from Superstars where I think <laughs> Steve Austin was in like a handicap match against a couple of jobbers. And mm. when the referee wasn't looking, Davey hit the ring and hit like hit Austin with a monstrous clothesline, and Austin got pinned by one of the jobbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's why Austin doesn't like uh, David Boyce at this moment. Um, this entire match, the only thing for this, the only reason why they even did this whole match, I felt like, was just to have Bret Hart on commentary do this whole thing with Owen yeah. and have Austin come out at the end. At one point, there were a few rows in the front row where they just started chanting, Clarence, Clarence. 
Clarence <laughs> at fucking Clarence Mason, the manager. So that's how good <laughs> this match was. And did you you notice there was somebody being tortured in the crowd as well? No, I missed that. And suddenly go ah! Was like, ah! Oh, you're right. Ah! I don't know whoever that fucking son of a bitch was, but you can kiss my ass because yeah. was, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Unless it was a child. I'll take it back if it was a child. But if yeah. man, you can kiss my ass. It's not like a dying cat. Yeah, it did. So, Rocky, we have a count out. So we've got a disqualification and a count out so far. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up, takes out Bulldogs, and he hits a stunner. Owen misses all this because he's too busy staring at my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then my favorite part of this whole thing was uh, Bret Hart's trying to get to Austin, and he's limping, and Austin is mocking the leg. Setting the leg. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's going, come on, and mocking the limp at the same time. <laughs> Uh, the Rock wins by count out. Um, and I, <coughs> I don't think this win did any did do him any goddamn favors. <laughs> they go to the back. We get a Nation of Domination promo. Was it just me, or did Crush's voice sound like he was going to ask us what our favorite scary movie was? He said, "Oh, before we go to that, um, you you were saying about uh, Rocky Maivia's haircut." Yeah. And how ridiculous it was. Yeah. Um, I actually made a note. If he hadn't been a, part of the Samoa dynasty, they would have probably put a red stripe on it and called him Red Rooster 2. <laughs> but <way> that was. <laughs> fucking haircut was fucking atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. It's a good thing the rock went bald because that hair was yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, anyway, back to the Nation of Domination and Crush. Yeah, I don't know. His, his voice just sounded weird. It sounded like he was, like I said, <laughs> going to ask us what our favorite scary movie was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, the early incarnation of the Indication Nation of Domination made no sense. Crush no. in a group that's, I don't know, it just didn't make any sense. Savio Vega in that group oh. didn't make any sense. Oh. Homie crush. Instead of brother, brother crush, it was homie crush. Homie, homer crush, yeah. I like brother, brother crush better. He's my favorite yeah. crush. There, there was Shawn Michaels at the bar again. Um, <laughs> this was the point where they show you that this show was not fucking shown to you on the day that they're telling yeah. you it was because Rocky Maivia, who just had a match with the British Bulldog, was at the fucking it bar. The bar. <laughs> yeah, he's at the bar. And Vince McMahon even calls it out on commentary. He goes, oh, yeah. There's the rock. Oh, there's yeah. Rocky Maivia. So, <laughs> I know that, that was. I say what Vince is gold in these shows. He ain't got a clue what you think. Uh, uh, we're watching him on Friday nights um, <laughs> on Superstars, right? Um, by 1997, you would have thought he would have improved a bit, but he hasn't. <laughs> The same, same shit he's been doing. He gets, he gets even more confused. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's never been to a wrestling show before. <laughs> and then we got uh brother, no, not so brother, brother crush versus the Undertaker in the main event. Glenn, you know anything about uh PG 13? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh so you know that JC Ice is the son of super superstar Bill Dundee. Yes. 
He was also born in Australia and has the deepest southern accent of any motherfucker who's ever been born in Australia <laughs> that's ever lived. <laughs> I always think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's Rosa. <laughs> yeah, he's from Australia, but he sounds, but he, I guess he was in Memphis for forever. So I guess that would make sense. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I suppose it's not hard, especially if you're only a small child in Australia. If you spent all, a lot of time in the in the southern states of America, that accent can swing quite easily. Right, it'll take over. It'll take you over really quick. I mean, if I moved to the south right now, probably in six years, I'd end up having a southern accent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Wolfie D was his tag team partner. He was Kelly Wolf, and uh, which is nice because his last name was Wolf and his name was Wolf. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Wrestled in USWA, WWE, and TNA until around 2012. So he was a, he wrestled for a while. Uh, they dominated the USWA tag team division uh, in the mid '90s. They won the USWA mm. tag team titles sixteen times. Sixteen times. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nobody else had to win it. Yeah, they, they they beat the they beat one the other tag team. They just kept flopping it back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it was Brian Christopher and uh, I don't know someone else from USWA that I can't think of. They also went on to wrestle in ECW and WCW2. PG-13, if you ever want to hear a rendition of their uh, Nation of Domination rap, make sure you hit up DC Matthews on Twitter, and he will give you all the lyrics to the Nation of Domination rap song. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to DC Matthews. I know he knows it, goddammit. Uh <laughs> and apparently the Undertaker hates rap music because he just got out of the ring and just started beating the shit out of all these guys. He, he just beat the crap out. <laughs> it, it started off very well with two, two big meaty men slapping me. And then it, right. it just descended into the Undertaker just taking out the whole of the nation. <laughs> yeah, he beat up the whole... Uh, and they also told us during this thing that you can't call... Don't call Crush Jailbird because he's very sensitive to that. When do you know why he's sensitive to being called Jailbird? Because he went to jail? I don't know. Did he go to the same jail as Dominic? <laughs> no, that, he wasn't in that hard prison that Dominic was in. He's not that hard. Mm, right. <laughs> so, old brother, brother Crusher got into a little bit of trouble in March of 1995 when the police in Kona, Hawaii, searched his home and found 500 units of anabolic steroids without a prescription and oh, several unregistered automatic handguns. He was released on $10,250,000 bond, I'm sorry, and he was late sentenced to five <laughs> years probation after pleading no contest to 11 counts of drugs and weapons charges. So that's why you don't want to be called jailbird. The, pa the, the packages probably had on the back of it the return address, care of Bismarck, Barn, Titan Towers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if returned, please send it back to Titan Towers. Allegedly, yeah. that's what it said on there. We don't know for sure. But try that today. Get yourself, uh, you know, 11 counts of drug charge, drug and weapon charges, and see if you get five years of probation because I bet you yeah. fucking won't. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> throw away the key. Yeah, you'd be locked up forever. He lived in Kona, <laughs> Hawaii, though, which I bet was fucking beautiful. I bet it was fucking amazing where he lived. Mm, yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, it I bet it feels a lot better to be taken to jail when you live on the beach. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
<laughs> it feels a lot better. Yeah. Definitely, I, for me, this was the best match on the show, but again, that isn't saying much. The Undertaker wins when he hits a choke slam on Crush and the Nation of Domination and Vader all attack the Undertaker, so we get another screwy finish. If you're counting, we're three for three on the screwy finishes. And did you notice the match actually started getting going well, and then they had a, a recap right in the middle of it. I must have forgot about the recap. Which one? Which re, what did they recap in the middle of the recap? Um, the Bret Hart thing. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Mm. It was like, oh, the Starburst Fruit Twist Slam of the Week. And then you're like, well, that just fucking yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Starburst Slam of the Week. That was it. Nothing else good must have happened that week. That week sucked, clearly. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Say, but you got, you got possibly the two best on the, on the show. And you put the Starburst Slam of the Week right in the middle of their, their match. I'm telling you. It's an episode of two, NXT 2.0 is what we watched. <laughs> so, we've missed, so we missed most of the match because we're watching that again. Then, uh, then you've got Vader playing hide and seek. Popping out from behind the curtain. And then... I forgot about that. They just cut to the back, and then there's Vader just peeking with one, half his face out behind the curtain. Yeah, and then he comes out. And of course, Vader and the whole of the nation attacked the Undertaker. And it ends in another DQ. Yeah, Vader hits multiple Vader bombs. Ahmed Johnson yeah. hits the ring with a two-by-four, but wasn't smart enough <laughs> to start swinging it first. Because they took it away from him and beat him down. <laughs> very quickly. Ahmed, when you get in there, you got to start swinging that thing right away. There's four or five guys in there. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah. You dumbass. Uh, but maybe, maybe he'll get his revenge at the Royal Rumble. That was mm. the end of this show. This show was not very good. Glenn, are we going thumbs up or thumbs down on this one? Um, it's a thumbs down. No, not a two thumbs down, just a one. <laughs> I'm giving it to this show. <laughs> this is supposed to be a go home show for the 1997 uh, Royal They did nothing to make you want to buy the pay per view. It made me want to go home. <laughs> yes, it definitely made me just want to go home. It um, doesn't. It does. It doesn't bode well for next week. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, the good news is we're going to have a buffer in between that because our next show is going to be a Royal Rumble 1997 review show, and we're going to take two weeks so we can take two weeks to really dig into this three-hour pay-per-view before they were premium live events. So uh, we won't get a new award guide <laughs> next week. You'll get one in two weeks' time where we do a big 1997 Royal Rumble review. Glenn, are you excited for this? Um, I wasn't until I rewatched it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, this 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 go home show unfortunately sets it up quite nicely. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we're going to see on the card. At least we're going to get Hunter Hearst Helmsley battling with Gold Dust for the Intercontinental Championship. We're going to get a grudge match where Ahmed Johnson tries to get revenge against Farouk. If you'll remember in 1996, <laughs> Farouk hurt Ahmed Johnson and cost him the Intercontinental Championship. So that'll be an interesting. Okay, he's calling him Uncle Tom. Yes, he called him an uncle Tom. yes uh <laughs> we're also going to get the blood feud between don't look don't look behind the raw curtain because i'm hiding there vader taking on the undertaker 
-hmm. and then we're getting like a six man um triple a match yeah that is actually entertaining i bet it is yes yes the wrestling was very good but vince trying to keep up with it and thank god that uh, good old JR had done his homework. <laughs> you could hear it in, in JR's voice that he's he's going, Oh, I'm actually getting to call a proper wrestling match. Right. He's like, I finally got this idiot to shut up. Keep, try, keep, 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 try to keep Vince quiet. <laughs> I finally got this idiot to shut up. Just quit saying it. And then from there. Yeah, that's it. And what a maneuver. I will absolutely butcher some of the names in this, but I Hector Garza is in it uh, and Heavy Metal, and I'm not going to try to say anybody else's name that's in this match because I will absolutely butcher it, but I can confirm <laughs> that it is part of all the Mexicans from Mexico that Jose Lothario is bringing yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll also see, of course, the 1997 Royal Rumble match, which has a damn good, interesting finish. And a world WWF title match between champion Psycho Sid and native son Shawn Michaels. Glenn said this isn't very good. Now, I look back on this pay per view with, I don't know, watery eyes because I went to a friend's birthday party when I was in the sixth grade and watched it with about 10 of my friends. So it was mm -hmm. like the best day ever. And so yeah. maybe I will still like it, even if it is terrible, because I will still remember nostalgia. <laughs> to be fair, I've not seen the Royal Rumble or the main event yet. Okay, <clears throat> well, as, I at, as I look at the car, there's nothing that excites me besides the Royal Rumble match and the mm. WF title match. So that'll be in two weeks' time. So be on the lookout for that. And before we get out of here, Glenn, you got anything you need to play? Um, I think we've got to give a shout out to UTT Rob. Absolutely. Um, give Unbooking the Territory a listen, and also Unbooking the Tankatory which is a podcast dedicated to Tank Abbott. No relation. If any... <laughs> is that your cousin? No. Oh, cousin Tank. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just amazing. If any pro wrestler ever deserved a, a show all just about him, it's Tank Abbott. Um, make sure you check out Sports Wire Radio. Give our buddy Thomas Price a follow at Thomas Price 2017. Listen to the new episode of AWI Pod Worldwide if you haven't yet. It was fucking hilarious. We had a good time chatting with DB from the Sit Down Marks. Um, I think that's it, Glenn. I don't have nothing else to plug either. So. Yeah, that's it. That's typical middle of the afternoon, and we're getting out of here in under 40 minutes. That's right. Well, the next <laughs> show will be a little bit longer, and eventually, Glenn, we're going to stop watching these 48-minute Raws, and we're going to have to sit through this shit for an hour and a half. So Yeah, well... <laughs> Hopefully it gets better. Well, it starts getting better, if I, if I remember rightly. I do, too, because I they really start to get an edge to the TV show, mm. you know, yeah, coming up. So it, it does get a lot. It does. I'm not going to say it gets a lot better, but it does start getting starting to get a little bit better. But as always, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Tell a friend. Telephone. Telegram. Don't tell a wrestler because we probably say bad things about them and they'll probably want to beat us up. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm out of here. Fortunately, like fortunately, most of the bad things we say about wrestlers they're already past. So right. really <laughs> the shows we do, or they deserve it, or they fucking yeah. deserve it. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, that's it for me and Glenn. Bye. Peace.